This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Trilin and Sharmila Ganesan. Tonight, a Valentine's Day special as new data has emerged to suggest that Malaysians are pretty satisfied in their relationships. So first, we'll be looking into that survey and discussing what keeps people happy in their relationships. And then later on, how has this notion of happiness shifted over the years? And is there a generational difference, particularly with technology coming into play? So we want to know, do you celebrate Valentine's? And also, do you think that the notion of being happy in a relationship and what that means has changed over time? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. It is 6.09. So let's start with the numbers. Um, Last Wednesday, Ipsos released a global love life satisfaction survey, which is quite the name for a survey, I think. And um, guys, we're top. We're sort of top in something. Well, yeah, yeah, we're we're amongst the top, right? So according to that survey, Malaysian couples have one of the highest levels of satisfaction with their relationships in the world. Uh, Essentially, 90% of Malaysian couples say that they are satisfied with the relationship they have with their spouses or their partners. Um, Meanwhile, 80% of Malaysians say that they are satisfied with uh, feeling loved. However, if you want uh, perhaps another end of the spectrum, only 57% of Malaysians are satisfied with their romantic or their sex lives. I find the conflation of romantic and sex life kind of interesting because I think that those two things could be separated, but, um, well, I didn't conduct the survey, so this is what we have. And if you're curious about how we compare, on average, across 32 countries, 84% of people who are married or partnered say they're satisfied, so we're 6% above the average. And... uh, only, let's see, two countries are ahead of us. So married or partnered people in both Indonesia and the Netherlands um, say that 94% of them are satisfied with their relationship. We share the spot uh, of 90% with, for example, Thailand. And if you look at the lower end, uh, only 70% of those in Japan and 73% in South Korea are satisfied. So that's with the relationship overall. However, there are other numbers and these have to do with whether you're satisfied not with the relationship, but with the feeling of being loved. Yes, so they make a a generational distinction in this case, right? So overall, 76% of people say that they are satisfied with the feeling of being loved. However, this is higher among uh, boomers, uh, of which 80% say that they feel loved. Um, Meanwhile, overall, uh, 83% of those who are married or in a relationship say they feel loved, compared to 70% among those who are single. And... uh, So we, on the subject of romantic or sex life, we are at 57% of Malaysians feel satisfied. Uh, The highest numbers, it's not that far off. We're not talking 80-90% here because adults in China say uh, answered 79% um, in terms of being satisfied. Indonesia is 75, uh, that's shared with Thailand. And the global average is 63%, while 30% say They're just not. Um, And generationally speaking, millennials are most likely to be satisfied with their romantic or sex life compared to Gen X, Gen Z and boomers. And you may be happy to know that at a global level, there is no significant difference in how satisfied men and women are in their love life. There's so much that is interesting about this survey, right? Because there are all these different factors that are broken down by, for instance, where you live, uh, but also generationally. Um, And I think, I mean, of course, this isn't the be all and end all. Uh, These are just a sample of people that they've spoken to. Um, However, I think it does offer some insight into even that that notion of satisfied versus happy or um, the notion of being loved, these are all very different granular things. I think it's also interesting in some ways to have this conversation now, uh, not because of the pandemic, but because due to the pandemic, there was such a large amount of research done into the effects of loneliness um, and in, in terms of how 
you know, how the way we feel impacts, how we, the way we feel towards other people or the way we feel from other people impact our happiness. I know that happiness overall is a heavily researched subject, but because of the isolation forced upon many people by the pandemic, I think this is increasingly an area of interest. So I, I, I think it's interesting to compare how happy Malaysians are in our relationships, 90%, which is really significant, versus um, how happy we are um, as found in happiness surveys, which is lower. Yes. Um, for me, that distinction between satisfied and happy is actually very interesting. Um, it also might indicate uh, that there are different this idea of what goes into feeling satisfied in a relationship could also be so culturally specific because the others on that list, Indonesia and the Netherlands, who both um, sort of top the list, are culturally very different countries. They share a colonial past, but you're they right. They share a colonial past, <laughs> but yeah. No, you're right. And so we're going to be talking about the survey first, um, you know, kind of trying to unpack it and looking at this notion of satisfied versus happy. But then later on, we're going to be trying to untangle that generational question because the, the data does lay out generationally and people feel differently as well. So we want to hear, oh, sorry, before before I get to that, it's worth saying, because we get this question a lot. I think everybody discusses this. So, gen... Okay, let's start with the generations. Boomers are defined as people born between the years of 1946 to 1964. Um, now, this is important because uh, in the age of the internet argument, I feel like almost anybody gets categorized as a boomer. But it's actually quite specific. So 1946 to 1964, baby boomer. If you are Gen X, that's 1965 to 1980. Millennial um, is 1981 to 1996. And Gen Z is 97 to 2012. So when we talk about the generations, that's where we're at. Anyway, we want to hear from you. Do you celebrate Valentine's in general? Is today a day where you're like all out, flowers, dinner, the whole thing? Do you ignore it? And also, do you think that the notion of being happy in a relationship has changed from your parents' time to now? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Big Front Man. BFM 89.9. It is 6.16 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. It's a Valentine's Day special, y'all. We had to do it. Um, and thankfully, there was something to hang it on because last week uh, there was a global love life satisfaction survey that was released by Ipsos. And we, Malaysian couples, have one of the highest levels of satisfaction with relationships in the world. We're at 90%, although only 57% of us are satisfied with our romantic or sex lives. So a big disparity there. So we're going to be unpacking the survey first. We'd like to hear from you. Do you celebrate Valentine's, firstly? And secondly, do you think that this idea of what it means to be happy or satisfied in a relationship has changed from generation to generation? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note to 018-789-8899. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is clinical psychologist Dr. Chua Suk Ning. So Ning, thanks for being with us today. So what do you make of the results here? Were you surprised to find that 90% of Malaysians surveyed are satisfied with their relationships? I think that's great that 90% of Malaysians are satisfied uh, with their relationships. And, you know, I really wonder about also how Ipsos ran the study, whether they looked for couples or they just, you know, did a general survey. If you're looking for couples, then people who are going to answer the survey would most likely say, okay, I'm satisfied with my relationship. So in this context then, do you think there is a distinction to be made between happy and satisfied? A great question. I don't know. I think it really depends on the people answering, you know, the, the individual items. Um, and I'd be very interested to your listeners, you know, when they say, are you happy versus are you satisfied? Um, whether they would answer differently. I assume that some people might say, okay, I'm satisfied as in this is this is okay, versus I'm happy, maybe it's like this is great. And maybe it's more of a, uh, an emotion of happiness. Are the results reflective of other statistics we've seen on marriages and divorce? 
Uh, so in uh, 2021, this will be the stats release. Uh, this will be the national statistics. Um, so the divorce, the number of divorces were 40, almost 44,000. Uh, the number of marriages were 200,000. So it's almost, it's not, you know, comparable because it, there's some time to take for divorce uh, to actually take place. But I think the, you know, we're not saying that 90% of Malaysian Uh, were satisfied, then don't ever break up, right? So it could be only a momentary um, state. But it, I think what's more concerning is still um, what's happening to the marriages in Malaysia, um, and and that there is quite a high divorce rate. How would you describe a stable and satisfied relationship? How might that look different from couple to couple? There was an interesting study that found uh, what predicted long-lasting relationships was uh, our perception of our partner's commitment and satisfaction uh, to the relationship, and obviously, you know, some uh, low levels of conflict, not not suppressed negative emotions, but that you uh, communicate and you're not having ongoing fights, um, and that you are satisfied. Uh, with your partner, you appreciate your partner, and there's actually se- sexual satisfaction involved as well. So I would say overall, it's, and it's not, it's not, there's no magical formula, um, but I think these are some common components to what goes into stable and satisfied relationships. And I think although if you're a couple and you say I don't have those things, it's okay. You get to answer it, and that's the most important thing. So is it? Are you satisfied with the relationship? Is it stable to you? And it, if it, it is, then it really doesn't matter. The, the outsiders don't matter as much. So, what exactly goes into keeping couples satisfied? I like to go to the satisfaction of our three needs: so of relatedness, which is a sense of connection, um, authenticity, like I can be myself around you, and a feeling of uh, competency with you don't often think about, but I feel like I, I know what I'm doing with you. I feel efficacious with you. Uh, so we know that feelings are like these, when our three needs are met in a relationship, that is a great predictor of satisfaction as well as well-being. And on the flip side then, how and when can feelings of dissatisfaction most often arise? When you don't have your three needs met. Um, but has probably not a great answer to the question. I, I think most often when feelings of dissatisfaction uh, arise, uh, in, in my experience with uh, therapy would be when couples don't communicate. Uh, so if something happens, which is you know very often that we got two different people, right? We're coming together, we've got our own individual characteristics, our own personalities, our own experiences, and we come together and how we are together If we can find a way to communicate, we can find a way to be ourselves, to be understood, then that will promote satisfaction. If we can't, and if we feel like we have to put down ourselves, we can't, we always silent and the other person gets a lot of space, that's when dissatisfaction often arises. Another thing that was measured in the survey was this um, the fact that people feel loved. How loved do they feel? And according to the results, boomers are more likely to feel loved compared to Gen X, Gen Z and millennials. Why do you think that the younger generation just aren't feeling the love as much? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it... I don't know what um, what they really meant uh, by that. And it, it could be that you know, young people, when boomers were young, They may not have felt that much love that much, right? You know, when you're young, you're still also learning how to love uh, and to be loved. So, I'm not sure that that's going to be representative to say, okay, young people aren't feeling love as much. It's just that sometimes we all need to um, we take time to grow, and our growth includes learning how to give love as well as to receive. So, the percentage of Malaysians satisfied with their romantic or sex life dips to 57%. What could be some of the reasons for this discrepancy compared to the higher statistics on, uh, about love? My guess, and um, I'm, I have no connection to the survey, so my guess here is that possibly it's um, a very specific component of relationship satisfaction. 
So they could say, well, overall, I'm satisfied if you ask them, but how about this part? You know, how about your sex life, your romantic life? Um, then people have, are actually thinking of maybe specific examples and then therefore it could influence their responses. Does this indicate that the physical component of a relationship is not a major factor to overall satisfaction? In general, it is. Uh, possibly some couples find a way not to make it um, a major factor to the overall satisfaction. But in general, uh, you know, sex life is important to a couple's, um, to an individual's uh, overall satisfaction for both women and men. So what are some ways to assess how you're feeling about your own relationship and why might it be a good thing to do a check-in from time to time? So the favorite thing, uh, you know, one thing I often advise, especially young people thinking of getting married, is to do couples therapy before you get married. And that's going to just help give you a a good foundation um, to to the marriage. Um, it, It helps you kind of work out you know, some of the issues that might later be troublesome um, without the pressure of actually being married. So some ways to assess how you're feeling about the relationship, as I said, you know, with it's, I think the key thing is, can you be yourself uh, with this person? Um, can Do you feel connected and safe with this person? And can you feel effective with this person? And I think that if, even if you're not happy, or if you're happy, it's great. If you're not happy, to some degree, I think that that's not always a, uh, we all have our own reasons why we stay in a relationship. And that then the more important thing is how are you going to make it work for yourself? You know, what are the other things in the relationship that you need to focus on uh, to make sure that you don't don't feel depressed in, in that relationship? So, yeah, I don't want to say like, okay, if you're not feeling good and everybody you know, leave because I think people don't always have that option. Um, but more importantly is don't let the, then for whether you are satisfied or not satisfied, is that the relationship doesn't define who you are and that the relationship is a part of you and you can use that to further grow. Do you have a final message for everyone on Valentine's Day? Uh, so the message to everyone on Valentine's Day. All right. So whether or not you're single or you're attached, Valentine's Day may be a cheesy holiday to you, but just take the opportunity to appreciate and um, show gratitude to the people around you that you love and take, you know, take the opportunity to be loved and, you know, bask in um, their affections for you as well. Sukning, thanks so much for speaking with us. That was clinical psychologist Dr. Chua Sukning talking about relationships in the context of a global love life satisfaction survey that was conducted by Ipsos that found that Malaysian couples have one of the highest levels of satisfaction with their relationships in the world. Uh, 90% of couples here say they're satisfied with their relationships and that is topped only by people in Indonesia and Netherlands who are just showing off. They're at 94%. So... We want to know, um, do you celebrate Valentine's? And also because the survey made a point of talking about generational differences, uh, we're also curious, do you think that this question of what it means to be happy in a relationship changes from generation to generation? You know, if you have kids, does it look different for them? Does it look different for you than it did for your parents? Call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, we have, let's see, some messages that have come in. Let's start with a bit of a downer, but a reality check from Meezy, who says, Malaysians are generally polite people who like their privacy. I wonder how the survey findings measure up against our divorce stats. <laughs> Yeah, so there's not a lot of information available. Um, actually, even uh, as like our guest pointed out, um, were these in fact just asking couples? Because is there a possibility then that they are likely to say, yes, I am satisfied in my relationship, right? But Yes, I uh, am satisfied. Don't cause trouble. Go yes. move along now. Thank yes. you. Stop asking me these questions in front of my partner who's standing right here. 
<laughs> right? Who's standing right next to me. And then after this, you're going to ask them and then what are they going to say? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think that there is something to that. Although generally speaking, these surveys aren't always conducted, um, you know, in person. There's always, there's an online component, there's a mm-hmm. privacy component. So there is all of that. Uh, similarly, we have uh, a question by way of Bernard who wants to know whether the survey was done before or after the MCO. These are actually quite relevant questions. I think you mentioned this earlier on as well in that uh, the lockdowns and the MCOs were actually the time when um, people realized how challenging it could be to be cooped up in one space with their partner. Uh, So good question, actually. We'll try and find out for you during the the news, actually, because I I think now we're both kind of curious about it. Um, We also have, well... This one briefly from KW who says, of course we are satisfied. Could it be that because there are fewer attractive people of the opposite sex in Malaysia that we have to be content with what we have? Well, which opposite sex, KW? (laughs) Well, I think that there are a few things here. Or or um, is it just generally you're insinuating that all Malaysians are less attractive? Yeah, and and I think that that's possibly the most unromantic thing <laughs> that can be said. And we have people messaging in about money and and, and uh, Valentine Day's, Valentine's Day being overrated. And yet, I think this is the winner. <laughs> yes, but we also have people loving up on their partners, which we'll get to later on. Let us know, um, do you celebrate Valentine's? And do you think the notion of what it means to be happy in a relationship changes from generation to generation? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note to 018 789 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Brewing Frothy Mocha. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 6.38 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. Happy Valentine's Day or happy anti-Valentine's Day, whichever side of the equation you fall on. I say that because today is a Valentine's Day special um, and it's coming hinged on a global love life satisfaction survey that found that Malaysian couples have one of the highest levels of satisfaction uh, with their relationships. 90% of Malaysian couples say that they are satisfied with the relationships that they have. Um, Meanwhile, 80% say that they're satisfied with feeling loved and only 57% of Malaysians said they were satisfied with their romantic or sex life. Now we had um, a slew, we have a lot of messages but before that we had a slew of questions before the news asking so how many Malaysians when was this conducted what is going on Sharmila has the facts well okay so I'll preempt this by saying it's not clear how many Malaysians specifically but the survey included about 22,500 Adults. It was an online survey under the age of 75 across 32 countries. And they only spoke to those who were married or were partnered. And I think someone had a question about when it was conducted. It was conducted in December last year. Yes. So that's not a lot of people. And I will say that um, while Ipsos surveys tend to be very interesting and generate a lot of conversation, these numbers are not atypical um, for how many people they, they usually speak to and, and you know derive these findings from. I would also say, though, that in the messages, um, there are a fair amount of people who are pretty happy. So while not everyone, and you know, we don't have to take the 90% as gospel, uh, a fair amount of people are pointing out a fair amount of happiness as well. So we've been discussing this idea of a generational difference um, because the data lays it out generationally. Uh, different age groups kind of have different experiences. And we're asking you, firstly, do you celebrate Valentine's Day in general? Um, or do you push back because anti-capitalism, etc.? Uh, but also, do you think that the notion, this idea of what it means to be happy in a relationship has changed over generations? Uh, if you have children, do they view it differently? If you, know, if you look at your parents, was their relationship very different to what yours is and what you expect to, it to look like? Call us double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. You can drop a WhatsApp there as well, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, before we get to a voice note that's come in, I wanted to look at these two. So Chu says. Um, boomers are sixty years old now, and if they're still in a relationship, surely they're satisfied. That's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so, because that's a long time to be with someone that you're dissatisfied with. Well, no, I I would push back a little bit and say firstly, true. But the other part of it is you might not be with the same person. 
Just oh. because no, because just because mm. you say you're satisfied with your relationship doesn't denote that you are satisfied with your relationship of forty years. It could be that you're satisfied with the relationship you currently have, which is great. Just you know, just to offer a different perspective. Well, um, speaking of a boomer perspective, Belinda says, I'm a baby boomer, never really paid too much attention to Valentine's Day. As a couple, we were then too busy with the raising of the kids. Then again, why should love only be felt on this particular day? Shouldn't love be there all the time if the couple care and love for e- love each other? Uh, Belinda, I agree. I, I do think that Valentine's Day is not super meaningful, um, you know, in this sense. It's a good reminder, but I don't think it's the only day that you should go all out. That point, though, um, as we were too busy with raising the kids, um, I think that forming a strong household and loving one another, but also being very focused on the loving of your children is something that we've seen a lot in particularly stories about boomer marriages. I I don't think it's exclusive. Um, I think it just has to do with how much people expressed or or how um, mainstream talking about feelings was back in the day. Yeah, and I think also it had to do with how there's a certain arc that is often, you know, expected of people, right? And I'm not saying everybody um, did it only because of that. Uh, But I think also the notion of having children is almost an expansion of the relationship that you've built together. Um, And however that worked out for you, I think might depend on whether you picked perhaps the right person to go on this journey with. Meanwhile, some Valentine's Grinches, uh, which fair enough, Oliver says, Everyone celebrate, celebrates Valentine's Day either before or after the actual day. In this economy, no one can afford to celebrate, which I, I really love because so true. Um, also, Valentine's this year is not on a weekend. So I think a lot of people did it, um, well, either last weekend or will be doing it this weekend. Yeah. And, you know, with all this news about flowers being two or three times their price, restaurants having expensive menus, I think this is actually a really good point. Why not save the money and get more bang for the buck? I'll save the Grinchy messages for later uh, because there are still a number. In the meantime, we also have this voice note from Vasuki. So I definitely think that what it means to be happy in a marriage does, to a certain extent, change through generations. Um, For example, my mother, who was a housewife, um, and my dad, who worked, they both fell fell into a a pretty... stereotypical gender role um, but they had a very happy marriage because they were very okay with um, existing in those gender roles it you know it boosted their confidence and it gave them a source of purpose um, which is just you know less possible in the current day and time due to economic reasons and also just the fact that women receive same amount of education in men and so it's just more likely for them to go out and chase a career and so gender roles as a thing doesn't exist as much at least it doesn't in my marriage um so what happens is that we have a more equal partnership in that sense and i think that when you have a more equal partnership you tend to derive happiness from different things like spending quality time with each other or for someone um being able to know everything about you and understand everything about you which i would say perhaps i realized that my parents didn't feel like expressing their feelings about everything was important it was more of whether the other person could meet their own tasks and roles that kept them happy because it was a source of stability and consistency whereas now i think we all are pretty independent and we could all survive on our own. Maybe we won't be as happy, but we would be able to survive. And so what we need a relationship for is just pure, unconditional love and not so much for security. Well, it does come, but, you know, that's not our main purpose. Vasuki, thank you so much for sending that voice note, um, which was really thoughtful and um, offering a very nuanced perspective because I I think that this is true. This is something that we're going to explore in our second interview later on. But that question of what you seek in a relationship now being very different from how it used to be is is a super valid one. And call me idealistic, but I think a relationship where each person goes into it because they want to be in the situation, because they view the other person as enriching their life. What's the word our guest earlier used? Um, efficacious, that they are, you feel more effective when you're with them. Those ideally should be how you pick a partner, no? not because um, not because you have something that you need them to do for you. And I understand that in the past generation, that wasn't a choice. 
But there is that choice now. You know, this had for me... many people, but not for all. Yes, yes. Um, this had me thinking about my parents because my, um, you know, they they are also of course of a previous generation. But my mum worked, and so because of that, their relationship was much closer to what Vasuki is describing as a modern relationship, and that's what I grew up with. So there was a lot of security, and there was a lot of um, you know emotional tightness. But the power dynamics were never that one person worked and the other one did not, and. So So I I grew up around that. And the other thing is I noticed, and and this was something that I've I've always noticed, that my parents were very affectionate, but they only became affectionate once um, I think we were done being difficult teenagers. (laughs) And and I don't know how much of that has to do with children taking away all your mojo and sapping you of life, which we hear people complain about all the time. Um, But I I think that that there's something about that that in certain parts of your marriage, you might be so invested in giving your all to the family um, or to your children that your relationship maybe, you know, takes a little while to to come back to where it was. It's also cultural mores, right? I think largely, I, I don't know how long it took before I saw most of my uncles and aunts. Um, my parents were verbally very affectionate with each other, uh, but even a sort of like holding hands or whatever is just not something you see so commonly here. Uh, that's right. So my parents only started doing that once more post us being sooks, um, you know, once we stopped being <laughs> horrid teenagers. So yeah, um, anyways, let us know. We're talking today about Valentine's Day. Do you celebrate it? And do you think that the question of what it means to be happy in a relationship is one that has changed from generation to generation? Is it different now than it was for your parents, for your for your kids? Um, call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Why should you listen to The Breakfast Grill? You get the latest on global market analysis. I um, am not a big fan of commodities generally, simply because they fluctuate. They, they're very volatile. I prefer companies that use commodities and are able to adjust their um, operations. In Discussions on government policies. In terms of my own as a minister, I would like to see these acts to be amended. And I think having said all of that, it's really about how the law is. Insights from industry heavyweights. More important is that your always hits are kind of fixed. Uh, of course, there's a variable cost. So when your turnover jumps up by three times or two times, your profit goes up disproportionately. And that's not all. The show features prominent authors, C-suites and more for a no-holds-barred discussion that you won't want to miss. The Breakfast Grill, weekdays at 8am. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. Bias Free Media. BFM 89.9 It is 6.49 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila and we're asking you today, do you celebrate Valentine's? And also, do you think the notion, this question of what it means to be happy in a relationship has changed from generation to generation? Let us know. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Just to say again that we're talking about this partly because I mean it's the fourteenth, but also because um, Ipsos released a global love life satisfaction survey, and apparently ninety percent of Malaysians are satisfied with our relationships. So, to return to the messages, uh, I love this one from. Boy, who says, nah, bukan satisfied. Um, malas na issue survey form. <laughs> Take every no box like Boran COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Sometimes there are online surveys where you get a little tired of, you know, trying to think too much and you do just stick randomly. One would hope not many did. Um, we also have, let's go back to the um, to the Valentine's haters. So, uh, which fair enough, fair enough. I'm on your side. Khalil says, Valentine's Day is so overrated. It's all hyped by businesses for profits. Of course, I don't celebrate this day not being a business owner. <laughs> Let's, uh, I mean, uh, Yong is making a similar point. Valentine's Day is a day that businesses are happy to get us to spend. But uh, too practical minded didn't fall into that trap. Too many, uh, haha, too many other ways to appreciate our partners every day. I, I mean, I love that. Um, I also love the two practical minded. Sorry. Um, but Yong also says, oh, yes, I have a very supportive and loving hubby, which is wonderful to hear. Um, 
CK is on the side of Khalil. Just another gimmick by businessmen to make money and make the traffic even worse. <laughs> yeah, lots of people are bringing up business opportunities. Kadresen says Valentine's Day is just another day for business opportunities. However, one should not lose focus on their husband and wife relationship after having kids. Instead, understand each other, keep the romantic fire on till the end, a secret to a successful marriage. Uh, meanwhile, Eric says love is way more than celebrating an overrated day that originated out of something else, which is a very good point. Um, commitment, sacrifice and accountability speaks more than spending at over overpriced venues. So to be fair, I don't think we need to bag on people for whom Valentine's Day is special. I do think though that it does get a little bit old when it becomes entirely an opportunity to hike up prices. Uh, Yes, yes. So uh, yes, that's a good reminder. If you celebrate Valentine's Day, we're happy for you, actually. Um, I think that it's a lovely thing. It's more the question of uh, not feeling pressured to do it just because everybody's telling you that you can have this great set that would ordinarily cost you 150 but now, special for Valentine's Day, we throw in a rose and it's 200 <laughs> no, but that happens. More like 350. Yeah, it's, it's really maddening. Uh, we also have a caller on the line with us, Falik. Falik, good evening. What are your thoughts? Good evening. Hi, Lina Shamila. So I, I think uh, personally, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day because like one of the listeners said that you should feel love throughout the year. And uh, I have no judgment towards those who celebrate Valentine's Day. You do you. It's just that it's, it's my... I don't celebrate it personally. Lah. So when it comes to... Uh, the generational uh, differences. I think with the with the younger generation, with the emergence of social media and the exposure to other ways of showing love and you know how the relationship should be. So I think the experience of the younger generation. I think the younger generations has a different has a more, how do I say, it's, it's varied when it comes to love and how they should they feel love as compared to perhaps our parents or our grandparents. What they see is, is their family members, their neighbours, someone that is close to them. So it, it is different uh, in a sense, but it's not, it's not nothing wrong, all right? It's just that the experience itself is totally different. Yeah. Falik, thank you so much yeah. for calling and, and for sharing. I think that um, I love the distinction that it's just different. It is what it is. It's not to say that one is better than the other, which was also, again, not our intention to try and pit generations uh, against each other. No, absolutely. And and I do like that idea because there are some things um, that I see younger people being better with, uh, being more expressive sometimes, being more, um, being more respectful of boundaries, which you know, is new. And I'm really glad that those things have evolved. So I really don't think that it's a question of one's better than the other. It really is about outcome at the end of the day. Um, We also have, let's see, this, uh, a couple of happy ones. Um, Anil says, I never knew such a survey existed. Congrats, Malaysia. Malaysia Bole. Uh, For Valentine's, I made my own card for my wife, indirectly saving money. That is so sweet. Making a card in this day and age is actually really quite sweet. It is Malaysia Bole indeed. <laughs> uh, Malaysia Bole, or maybe uh, for 1,000 Malaysians, Bole, but the, the point stands. Um, Munif says, it's nice to be top of the list for something positive for a change. Malaysia needed the win. Um, as someone who just got back from a honeymoon, I'm glad I got to contribute to the positive stat. You're welcome, wife. Mwahaha, followed by BFM, Boomers Feeling Magical. <laughs> A sweet story and an acronym. I think that's a win. Boomers feeling loved because um, that is the thing that they they top um, when it comes to the survey. It was the highest one that they feel loved. And I think that's very nice, actually. I do. And, you know, I think this idea of being on the top of a list of something, of course, there are many things that I'd like I'd like broken down in terms of what was asked in the survey, perhaps. But it does. it is kind of a sweet story to talk about. Um, Steffi says... This question of generations. My parents are divorced and this has changed my perception on love. It was harder for me to gain trust from men and I seem to want the kind of love which was absent between my parents. My parents aren't very expressive uh, when it comes to talking about their love for each other and that seems to influence the family. My current partner is so expressive and it was difficult for me at first, but I'm now getting used to it. 
Well, Steffi, that's um, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's such an important point that so much of how we perceive relationships are shaped by um, our parents, other people in our family, what we saw modeled for us growing up. Um, and that's always important to keep in mind. We are going to return for more of your messages, so keep them coming. And calls, please call us. We want to know, do you celebrate Valentine's? And also, do you think this question of what it means to be happy in a relationship has changed from generation to generation? You can call 7733-2900. You can send a voice note to 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. Billions from me. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 7.08 um, and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. As we have been saying, we're talking about Valentine's Day um, because it is the 14th, but also because there was a global love life satisfaction survey conducted in which 90% of Malaysian couples say they're satisfied with their relationship. And that's one of the highest levels in the world of satisfaction. So we were asking you, uh, do you celebrate Valentine's? And do you think that the the meaning of what it is to be happy in a relationship changes from generation to generation? You can call, you can send a voice note, you can tweet us. And now on the line with us, we have got Andrew. Andrew, good evening. What are your thoughts? Ah, hi, good evening, guys. Um, Yes, I, I just wanted to call and share my thoughts. I love Valentine's Day, actually. Um, um, it, it's funny because uh, my girlfriend's a bit of a Grinch. Um, <laughs> um, so she, she she doesn't really like um, celebrating. Or she didn't like it. But then when I was courting her, you know, I bought her flowers, took her out, um, celebrated Valentine's Day with her. Um, and, and now I think she was looking forward to it um, more than me, um, which is kind of nice. Um, but I do agree with some of the things that people have said earlier, though, um, that it is very much a capitalistic environment. I mean, people are just trying to make money. Um, so what we did was we brought our Valentine's dinner earlier. Um, we had it last weekend. Um, yeah. Um, but yes, I am a hopeless romantic. I think Valentine's Day is great. It's not that it's one day to celebrate your loved one. Um, I think it's just a nice reminder, you know, um, I- for the people you have around you. I agree, Andrew. I think that that's lovely. I also wanted to ask you, do you tend to go uh, homemade or do you tend to like buy stuff? Um, well, this time we went out to eat. But yes, I, I, I do uh, prefer making her gifts rather than buying her stuff. Um, her name's Chantal. Um, yeah. Andrew, thanks so much for calling and um, for giving a shout out. I love that. We're doing, we're going like really old school radio today. We're going really old school radio. (laughs) Valentine's Day greetings and things. Dedications will be next. I I didn't want to open the door uh, because I'm not sure that we have that many of the songs I anticipate people requesting. But yes, um, Andrew, thanks so much for calling and for sharing. That was very sweet. Um, On to more Grinches. So, Alex opening up an interesting point. Um, I'm 57 years old and I think love has died. People are communicating virtually now, even my children, they're always on their phones. It's not the same as it was before. Ah, so not the same, I agree. But I don't know whether that means love has died. That feels like a... That feels like a judgment um, when I know plenty of people for whom relationships are very fulfilling. And in fact, having technology allowed them to keep in touch and strengthen their relationships in ways that they previously couldn't. I mean, I, I've been to weddings um, of people who only met because they they communicated virtually first. Um, you know, people meet online, people first establish uh, relationships online. I also think that sometimes... Um, It's important not to, I think absence to a degree does make the heart grow fonder. Uh, But at the same time, if in the past you were in love with someone and you could talk to them all the time for free, um, would you not do it? And and that's part of what it means also to be always on your phone. It doesn't mean that you're ignoring the person you're with. I mean, it, it cuts all sorts of ways. Uh, Sin Han, meanwhile, says, haters don't have wives or girlfriends who give them hell after seeing their friends receiving flowers on Insta. I once got dumped by a girl on Valentine's even though I bought her a phone three days before. Ooh. Well, a number of things there, perhaps. Uh, condolences, firstly, yes, to the dumping, because that's I was brutal. Say, yeah. um, but I, I did want to say that uh, this actually is one of the ways in which social media can be a little bit toxic when it comes to how people measure their relationships. Yes. Um, 
Yes, but I also I don't know. Um, I I take I take where I get where you're coming from. I don't think it's girls only who have these expectations. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, no. So, so that just, part I agree. Mm, just to clarify. Uh, meanwhile, Yiduan says I agree with the voice note uh, from Vasuki earlier. Our parents, um, who boomers, their relationship is more quote unquote stereotypical and economic based. Uh, dad was a sole breadwinner. Mum is a homemaker. So satisfaction may be more focused on how well those respective roles are met. For my generation. Millennials, both of us are working and economically independent, so I suppose our expectations are higher in terms of what satisfied entails. It's more about respect, emotional support, understanding, having one's own space, etc., beyond basic economic needs. And I, I love that, and I think it's very well supplemented by this other message from Ven. So Ven says, I think we're in times where most folks now are looking for relationships that are equal, meaningful, and more than just as a functional or societal pressure. So those who enter and remain in relationships now are more thoughtful of it and therefore naturally happier with it. What would be interesting is if is the data on the other set of people, where folks are choosing to be single and if they're happy for it, and the comparison of these two groups across time. So, unfortunately, this survey only spoke to coupled folks, which I think, you know, in and of itself, maybe there are some problems with that. I agree with you, Ven, that it would be nice to hear from people who are choosing to be single and where their satisfaction is with that choice because that's the question that's being put, right? Are you satisfied with your relationship? And similarly, are you satisfied with not being in a relationship? Um, but this idea of being more thoughtful um, and finding more meaning in a relationship in these in this day and age where there are different or where there aren't the same old pressures is interesting. That's actually what I was trying to get at earlier when I was saying that ideally in a relationship, you enter into it because you each bring um, a kind of a kind of value to each other that's beyond economic security or, um, you know, I don't want to be alone. There should be a little bit more than just that. And all of those things that both Ven and uh, Yidwan listed are, are exactly it. Just a couple of quick ones. Fran says, love is not just about sex. Sex is a very small component to a marriage. We should appreciate our partners every day, not just one day of the year, which um, I think that there's a lot in there. And this, I think, is responding to the fact that 90% of people say that they're satisfied with their relationships. But in the same survey, only 57% of Malaysians reported being happy with their romantic or sex life. Um, meanwhile, an add-on to uh, Katharessen, who said, if couples allocate time to talk face-to-face every day, express feelings and resolve conflicts face-to-face, then every day is a Valentine's Day. Magic words. Express it. Don't delay. Oh, I love that. Me too. That should um, go on a t-shirt. That's a much healthier version of never go to bed angry, which is yes. advice that has been contested since. Okay, some messages from people who have... Um, we're having a bit of a tougher time, I think. Keelun says, me and my wife didn't celebrate Valentine's Day this year. Life is hard. We have to work. She's out of station. She's out station and it's a Tuesday. Still many days of work ahead. Oh, well, I hope you get to have some kind of time together. Doesn't have to be on Valentine's Day and soon. Doesn't even have to be about Valentine's. No. But yeah, hopefully so. Meanwhile, MZ says, Valentine's Day, getting ready to accompany my child who will be admitted to the hospital soon. Uh, MZ, sorry to hear that. And we really hope that everything everything will be okay or as okay as it can be. Yes, I do. Uh, Joe says, let's look at Valentine's as a day of appreciation of loved ones, which is so much wider than just partners. Agreed. Um, and this is why it's not just Valentine's, right? I think the 13th, some people call Galentine's, uh, and that's a celebration of your girlfriends. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, from this one admittedly deeply commercialized holiday have sprung <laughs> many uh, a separate, you know, kind of way of looking at love. Let us know. Do you celebrate Valentine's? And do you think the question of what it means to be happy in a relationship has changed from generation to generation? You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. send a voice note to 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Big Friendly Macha. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 7.17 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sharmila. And we are concluding our Valentine's Day Inside Story by looking at the question of generational difference. Because the survey, the Ipsos survey to which we've been referring to um, over this show, do make distinctions when it comes to people of different generations feeling different ways about their relationships. So let us know. Keep those thoughts coming. Uh, do you celebrate Valentine's? And do you think the question of what it means to be happy 
in a relationship has changed over generations. You can call us, you can send a voice note, you can tweet us. And in the meantime, um, joining us now is Azah Yasmin, who is a relationship counsellor. Azah, thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. So the Ipsos survey that we've been discussing, it uses words like uh, satisfied with one's relationship, it measures whether one feels love, and as we've been saying, it divides its data depending on age and generation. In your experience, is there a significant difference between how couples from different generations think about relationships and love? Um, I'm going to answer from a from a um my my practice, uh, you know, my, my experience instead of uh, research on surveys and, and, and so on and so forth. I feel that um, the younger generation and the older generation, I feel there's no difference. Of um, they both, I think both generations want to have long-term happy relationships. It's just how we express, how each generation expresses that is different from one to the other because they are living in a different era. And what are the driving forces that have created uh, this, I suppose, this difference in uh, expression and perhaps an expectation? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that expectation is, um, is I want to be loved, I want to be happy, and I want that for the rest of my life because I've seen it in my my older generation where where marriage was long and divorce was um, less and and all, and all that. I think the driving force is just wanting to be happy at the, at the end of the day. So you mentioned uh, that that point about divorce and longer relationships. And this is something we often hear people saying, you know, divorce was not an option in my day. Marriages used to last longer. <laughs> people get divorced too quickly now. And I think this is, you know, used in a pejorative way when looking at the way younger couples date or commit. How would you respond to that? Oh, I feel so sad actually listening to people who are who who say those things, um, because uh, perhaps we don't know where they're coming from. Perhaps they're coming from a place where they wanted to get divorced and they didn't have that op- option. Whereas now in this generation, it's 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 an option, isn't it? To and and this option is now more acceptable than in yesteryears or in yester decades. So so. Um, I guess that feeling of sadness and anger that they were that they are feeling um, is not acknowledged on their on their side. Um, and, and I feel if we sit them down and really listen and you know and and speak to them and validate them and hold them in that space, I think they will. I think I think um, helping them to just uh, process their story through will help them be less pejorative. So this is something that's come through in a number of listener messages as well. Uh, the mm-hmm. empowerment of women has, of course, changed how relationships and dating work um, and in a few major ways, right? Women are no longer reliant on their partners for income or for security, uh, but mm-hmm. also because conversations about things like consent have become mainstream. How do you think all this has affected the way modern relationships begin and continue, especially in terms of power dynamics? Oh, now people are... Um, you know, uh, I feel in that space where, where, where we're talking about now, people are um, thinking whether it will, at the end of the day, will you still love me? Can I still love you? Will you be in the center of my of my relationship? Because it feels like you don't need me because you have the power to look after yourself. So it's a lot about being needed and being wanted in a relationship and being important in a relationship. And I feel that make, that that uh, women being more um, self reliant, the the men uh, or or your partner will feel uh, that you might not need them at the end of the day. So it's not the amount of of um, of uh, um, salary that you have or the the higher the your 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 status in life or what you have, it's more of that question, because you're so self-reliant, do you still need me? Am I still important to you? And that is the biggest question, really. So we received a call earlier from, um, I believe, a a listener named Alex who said, love is dead. Uh, Technology has killed love. And, you know, technology has become such a big part of the playing field today. And I thought we could focus on that. Let's start with, uh, well, firstly, what do you make of Alex's point? But also how have dating apps shaped our view of relationships and how we approach them? 
I'm going to be very vulnerable in that um, in that when I when I speak to my clients and they are on dating apps and I go like, what is it? What is it about dating apps and this that and this? So I'm learning from my clients about dating apps because I don't need to use it. <laughs> That's number one. Number two is um, dating apps has has its pros and cons i feel on the one side i feel like um you you have that opportunity to meet more people uh other than the people that are in that that's casted in your net but the but the negative side is you meet more people other than the casted <laughs> you're casted in the net right the difference between the two is safety and um and getting to know that person uh, even more, um, that's not, that's not within your circle itself. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it, it's it's difficult to um, to to use those apps with confidence. But I guess if you put some markers in it, or things like um, getting your friends to look at uh, your the the app at the same time with you, or dating, uh, or dating, or coming out together with friends as a group instead of a date one on one. You know all these things that can mitigate some the, the safety issue um, would would I think be be more helpful um, and and also in moderation. So some of the points that regularly come up when we talk about dating online include things like the overload of choice or options, uh, the <laughs> lack of meeting in person. Yeah. Are all of these just a natural evolution of how we meet people now? I think so. With with. With the with the way we use apps, I think so um, because people are people are comfortable where they are. Um, and but but on the other side, it feels like that it, it feels disillusional as well because like most social media, um, you have snippets and highlights of somebody's um, life, which is great an introduction into that person's life. But really, spending time with um, that person. I mean, I remember years back when my parents were, te- were telling me, he says, you only know a person when you get married to them. Then, you know, you can, you, you know their habits, you know the likes and dislikes, and you know you, what you like and dislike about them when you live with them. So, so yeah, I guess it's pros and cons again. So, so really using social media and all that in moderation with a lot of... Um, guidance from friends and 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 yourself so uh, i mean you mentioned that you're not on the apps yourself but um (laughs) considering considering i wish i could you know know, as an experiment because i because there are so many of my clients come they're single they're this and that and they tell me about bumblebee that oh sorry excuse me they'll tell me about this and that i don't have no idea you know so I might do actually just just for, just for a social experiment. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no not at all. Um, it's it's interesting to hear the um, the arrival <laughs> at a plan of action live on radio. Um, <laughs> I I wanted to know. I mean, considering you're not on the apps, but um, we're, we're talking about it in the sense of this. You know, lots of choice. You're talking to lots of people. What are some best practices you can put in place so that maybe you know you get the best experience, but also you don't end up inadvertently hurting others. Um, you know what? I was talking to my uh, a friend of mine who uses the app, and and I get a lot of information on, uh, from her because uh, she uses the app. And she's my age, well, more or less. We're in our forties. And I asked her why why she uses the app and, and and all that. And she says because she's she's um uh she wants to get to know people outside of her circle. Right outside of her friendship circle and all that, she wants to know more. She wants to cast her net wide, um, and and then she's. As I said, why, why, why not, why not your circle itself? Because she says, well, I've been there, done that, know them. I don't think I can get along with them. I just need something, you know, um, uh, new blood, really, <laughs> uh, to 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 have a look uh, out there. And I said, so what do you do from there? I said, oh, I go out with them. And I said, that's very brave of you. And I said, "Oh no, no, no! I have all my girlfriends on standby. <laughs> so they'll have, so she'll have her girlfriends on standby, and uh, they will call like 15 minutes in. Are you still okay? And that that call in 15 minutes in, you can actually say an excuse. So I'm really sorry, I have to go. Blah blah blah. If the date is not going well, so that's so that's uh, um, a safety issue right there that they can that they can put in place. 
Um, the other is go out as a group um, um, with everybody, with their consent, obviously. Um, and what else is there? Oh, gosh. Um, what else did she say? Um, I find it overall really brave of her to to use the app and to go out with people. It's really, really, really brave. I guess that's the other thing as well, to be brave to go out, to, to meet other people because you're going out of the, your, your circle of friends to meet people. Aza, what would you like to leave us with? Concerning what? <laughs> well, I suppose this notion of changing uh, practices when it comes to relationship and, and love and uh, I suppose how people can care for themselves while also looking for something out there. You know, one of the things that I noticed in the last 10 years of practicing is that when you choose a partner, you're choosing a partner without choosing yourself first. What I mean by that is you're choosing a partner without knowing yourself, without knowing your wants, your needs, your likes, your dislikes, your your tantrums, your um, your good points, your bad points really getting to know yourself and 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 I notice when you have a map of yourself and you're and you're really accepting of yourself finding a partner to accept you as you is is a lot easier and not, I'm not saying that it's hard but it's a lot easier than than um, not knowing yourself so the first step I feel is about really really doing your own work and knowing yourself and if you have trauma in your in your life you need to get that done and sorted first because the trauma will turn up in the relationship um, if it's not if it's not processed through and if it's not given that time air time to to heal itself through because uh, uh, you know trauma create, uh, trauma is uh, you create triggers and triggers will turn up in the relationship and then when your spouse needs one thing you're taking it that as a trigger and because of unresolved trauma in your relationship so really. Really look after yourself, really do the work, your self-work first, and then be brave enough to have a relationship. Aza, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Aza Yasmin, a relationship counsellor, talking about generational differences that exist when it comes to relationships and love. And that concludes our Valentine's Day Insight Story. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. However it is you celebrate or do not, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.